0: good morning everyone. If it wasn't for the fact that I was nervous beforehand, the technology failing on me really is going to, I'm so glad that you can't see my hand shaking. (laughs) Anyway, this morning we're looking at God abiding with us and the verses from Leviticus was God telling his people about the blessings that they can receive from obedience. But before we get there, I live in a tiny, tiny flat. <laughs> There's me, my husband, and our dog Tess, and she loves her fair share of the couch, which means most of it. Um, when we got married, um, we started to realize that we had habits that the other didn't quite like. Uh, I like to fall asleep with some sound and noise, and Eck likes pitch black and quiet. So I got used to watching uh, telly on my iPod Nano under the covers. I like to leave the windows open um, all the time, but always complain of being cold. I am a hoarder and love shoes and like to leave them lying around the place, really selling myself here. When I was at university, um, I lived in a dorm that had 12 girls on it, so straight off that would be fun, um, but I annoyed one of my um, flatmates by playing my music too loud, um, but I have to confess that out of the 12 of us, that wasn't the worst of sins, um, but you know, I, I definitely annoyed her that day. And I definitely got to know some of those girls exceptionally well in the year that I lived with them. But we're quite funny creatures. We like to share our spaces. And the, by doing this, it can bring out all sort of, so, sorts of interesting habits and attitudes that we have. We can really flourish around um, other people. But unfortunately, it's at those times that we can be seen at our worst as well. So why would God want to dwell with us? If you were to reflect, I've so willingly shared myself uh, with you this morning, but if you were to reflect on yourself, do you think you would do any better? <laughs> if would God want to dwell with you? Well, of course he would, and he does. We can, we can sometimes forget that because we, we don't physically see him. But if you were honest and you put an advert looking for a flatmate and God was going down the list, would he pick you? But then when you think about the the Old Testament, there's a nation of people wandering in the desert, set up in tents, there's no drainage, lots of animals. How appealing does that sound to dwell amongst them? I like camping, but I'm not sure I could live that way. And I don't mean to be flippant about this issue either. Um, I, I know that these are very real issues that, that we need to think about and reflect on. And God abiding with us is something more about the, the relational expectation that he has for us and vice versa, This isn't just a case of looking at whether it's camping, glamping, or living in a hotel. We're not trying to work out here if they have a hairdryer in the room or if there's a plug socket available to charge our phone. We're thinking more, we're going deeper. We're wanting to understand what God is expecting of us and what we can expect from him. Looking at the Old Testament, God is giving promises and statements to the Israelites that he wants to dwell among them. He doesn't want them to have other idols or for their hearts to be divided. We can see through all the covenants that he'd set with the the, the Israelites throughout the Old Testament that they aren't doing so well with them. There were several. There was Noah, Moses, Abraham, Abraham that God kept getting in touch with them. And Leviticus 26 splits down into blessings for obedience and punishment for disobedience. And we can instantly see that the blessings to the Israelites by following God and obeying him are abundant and so worthwhile. God will ensure that they have fruitful harvests, that they live in peace that they win over their enemies. And all these blessings are physical manifestations of God's presence. But unfortunately, the Israelites have been keeping idols. They have been splitting their hearts or just backsliding completely. And despite the warnings that God gives about disobeying, they still struggle. Why on earth would God want to dwell with them? But I find it amazing and wonderful that God continues to seek to be closer to the Israelites. He wants to be central not only to the community and to the people, but to individuals. In Leviticus twenty-six twelve, he says... I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. With the wording, I will walk among you, this brings to to mind this image of Eden. This picture where in Genesis, you can see Adam and Eve in the garden with God. And it is so real and present for them that they can actually hear God's footsteps You know, that's that's the close relationship that they had, was that they could hear God's footsteps. I love that. Sadly, though, um, the picture emphasizes really what our relationship with God from the beginning was like. We stumbled. Because when they're listening to God's footsteps, what they're actually doing is they're hiding from God because they've eaten from the tree that God told them not to eat from. Our struggle to obey God was from the very beginning. But these words highlight the beautiful relationship that God wants with us. When the house is quiet, I like to hear folks pottering around at the back of me. It gives me comfort to hear their small noises And I can rest in peace knowing that there's somebody else in the house. It's quite comforting. And I imagine that that's what it would have been like for Adam and Eve in the garden. This was God's original plan to be living and walking amongst us. And I think this year, more than any other, we can appreciate the value of walking with people That time during lockdown or or just after when you've been able to meet friends for the first time in ages and go for a walk with them, even though you can't hug them, even though we can't walk arm in arm or hand in hand, we can enjoy the comfort of walking with friends and families. That is God's desired state of being with his people. What a beautiful picture. The prophets in the Old Testament go on to speak about restoration and how God was returning his people back to, the, the right pres- to being in his presence. In Jeremiah 32, it starts with God talking about how he dispersed the people for not having um, uh, obeyed him for being unfaithful, but how now he was bringing them back to, uh, to uh, being into presence with them. And in Jeremiah 32, verse 38, it says, They will be my people, and I will be their God. This is a theme that's going to be going through. But the thing that's wonderful about that is that God is committing himself to these people. His people are the ones that are being rebellious and turning away from him. But he is the one that's making the commitment. And he is the one that is assuring them of his desires. So if they were in any doubt whatsoever about God, really they shouldn't be. And God emphasizes time and time again what he will do for his people. In verse 40, he says, I will make them an everlasting covenant that uh, that I will not turn away from doing good to them and that I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn away from me. God will not turn away from the covenants that he makes with his people. He will not turn away from doing good for them. And we know from Leviticus what obedience brings. But we also have other examples of these good relationships, um, of, of what it's like for God to keep his promises, to keep his covenant. We can see in in Eden what having a good relationship is like. And then if we look for other examples, we see that Noah was a good and faithful man. And that God saved him from a time when he was getting very angry with the people. And he also promised Noah that he would never send the flood again. And he didn't. God goes on and he promises Abraham to make him a great nation and through him he would deliver great blessings. And God kept his promise. God promised Moses that if the people kept the law through that covenant, he would then set the Israelites apart from those around them, making them God's people. And they were God's people. And similarly to Abraham, God promised David that his descendant would be the Messiah. Jesus was David's descendant, and he is our Messiah. God's promise of an everlasting covenant is upheld and established, and we can see that he never turns away from his people. So fill your heart with gladness to know that our God is steadfast and faithful to us. And I know some people may find this really difficult to understand that how can God be faithful to his people? We mess up, we disobey. We can't even see some relationships that we have with people that can endure that. But I like to now joke with my sister about when we were younger, we fought. Now, I don't mean that we just sort of disagreed. We fought. She angered me so much one day that I actually had her pinned up against the door, ready to dive on her. Again, selling myself really well here. But we got so angry with each other at certain times, we clashed so much. But thankfully, we, we have forgave each other, and we get on really, really well now. We enjoy actually telling our friends of these stories. Don't know why they don't make us look good. But the wonderful thing is is that I know that I can rely on her, that through anything, she has my back. But sadly, not everyone can come back from these situations. There's a point in time when feelings get hurt and emotions get high, that people draw a line in the sand and that's it. Sometimes relationships are permanently damaged. So people can't get in their head how God can be faithful when we struggle to see it in some of our own relationships. When we can't see how, when friends and families are are torn apart, how there's a way back to unity. But what we read in the Bible is that although the Israelites betray God and turn their back on him, he is always present and ready to accept them back. And wonderfully, such a blessing that this applies to us as well. It's never too late to turn to God, no matter how much you think you've messed up. And the covenant that God makes with his people, in the Bible, show this to be true. We have example of time and time again of God's faithfulness. So if you don't believe me, There's God's word to look at. So when we're asking why does God want to dwell among us, we're looking at the fact that God wants to be in a relationship with us. He wants a mutual give and take where we hold God as our only God, having no other idols, giving him all honor and glory, and that this is a matter for our hearts and our minds being God's. And this language that we hear is repeated throughout Jeremiah and throughout the Old Testament, uh, the Old Testament emphasizing it so that it seeps into the very core of our understanding. In Jeremiah 24, verse 7, it says, I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. Our hearts have to be connected with what God is doing and saying. And it goes on in Jeremiah 31 verse 33. This is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put the law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. God is now saying that it's past time for his word going down onto tablets and that it's time to be written onto the hearts of his people and that the hearts of his people are important to him. And he carries on in Ezekiel to say in in chapter 37, verse 27, my dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Again, that familiar phrase that we're starting to know so well now. I will be their God and they will be my people. This time, God is stating that the dwelling place will be with them. And this is a prophecy of what is to come in the future through the messianic king. But these words really struck me, especially when I read the, the footnotes in my study Bible, God's dwelling place while they were in the desert was the tabernacle. And this was a sacred space in the midst of the community while they were just out in the desert wandering. The imagery that we're seeing is shifting to the understanding of how God wants to be with his people, and it's becoming fully revealed. The tabernacle was made into a temple, but it was destroyed by their enemies. But the difference here is that God wants to make us his tabernacle, that sacred space. So in Jeremiah 31, where this new covenant is being discussed, it's one like never before. This is where what we're hearing is not not just God putting the law in their minds and in their hearts, but it's God being in their minds and in their hearts. He is desirous to draw closer and closer to his people. And this becomes reality for us. Because in the New Testament, Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their people. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Paul is quoting those exact verses from Ezekiel. And what he is opening up to us is that God's desire is to dwell in us. We are the temple of the living God. Through his holy spirit, God dwells in our hearts where his law and commands are written we are his tabernacle so why does god want to dwell among us because that was what he created us for although we messed it up way back in the beginning and we have done time and time again god wants to make that right how good is it to have a God that is working for us? And don't panic, because the wonderful thing is that the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. God has us covered. His plan is always to make sure that it is, we know that he is there and we're not doing this on our own strength all we have to do is try and to persevere, to not give up and not to take it for granted because that's an extremely risky move. It's up to us to keep our hearts and our minds focused on God, to study his words and to secure it in our hearts. And although sometimes it may feel like it because we can't hear those footsteps, it may feel like we're alone alone but be assured that we're not. The whole time, throughout all existence, God has been connecting with his people. And this this is what makes things so different from anything else that you can believe in. We have the one true God who wants to connect with his people. The word abide in Greek means to remain, to stay, or to continue. So this beautiful word about God wanting to abide with us is that this connection with God isn't temporary and it's not just for a moment. It is everlasting and it is permanent. It was what we were made to do and it is the truest calling that we can have. It's that thing that we yearn for. It makes me think of that image. If you've ever done the Alpha course, they show the little picture drawing of a man where he's got the hole in his belly and he's trying to work out what fills that hole. That's God. That's what we're yearning for, is that that presence of God abiding in us. And we know that it's there. We can't sometimes put our finger on it until we realize exactly what it is. And once we realize that, That hole in our belly just feels full. So if what we can see is God declaring his desire to be with us, to dwell with us and to abide with us, what will our response be? Do we look to the words in Leviticus 26 and see the blessings of what it is to obey God, to flourish and to grow with him? Do we take the risk to give up our our idols and to, to keep our hearts separate and just for him? Do we make the sacrifice to live in obedience to God, to allow ourselves to be his sacred tabernacle, to be his dwelling place? The invitation has been made and now it's our turn to consider if we'll take up that ancient lasting offer to show God that we desire to walk and to dwell with him just as much as he dwells with us as he wants to dwell with us. Praise God for his faithfulness. Let's pray. Father God, in a year when loneliness is something that we can say is is so close to us, being isolated and shut away and locked down from friends and family, Lord, we know that your desire is to dwell among us, to make us your sacred dwelling place. Father God, you want our hearts, and our minds to be yours. Lord, I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you give us the strength to respond, to walk with you, to desire to be with you as much as you want to be with us. And Lord, let that just strike so much joy within our very beings. We thank you, Lord, that you are our God and we are your people. Amen. Amen. Let's sing.